Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do a live on a Monday edition of the program. Quite frankly, a tone neither of us nor any of you thought that we would have. No. 13-point leads with two minutes to go in the opposition having no timeouts. Those are good. In fact, 2,229 straight times, they were good. It wasn't yesterday. There's about a million things and a bunch of layers to how it all unraveled and went wrong. The end result is it did. And you sit here as a one-on-one football team saying, my God, how are we not 2-0? and because we should be 2-0. and And what happened yesterday, as you mentioned, the first time it's happened in, what, two decades in the NFL? Yeah. That somebody has blown a lead of this magnitude. And unfortunately for the Browns, you had a chance to be 2-0, and a chance to be one game ahead of everybody in the AFC North, two games ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals, the defending AFC North champions. And you let it get away. And head coach comes to fancy. He's going to talk with the media about it right now. J.D., Jadavion Clowney uh, has an ankle injury. He'll be out this week due to that injury uh chase winovich has a hamstring injury he'll be out and then jesse james has a bicep injury he will be out uh you know obviously that's a tough one tough pill to swallow yesterday with that game uh the the frustration uh is very very real when you have a game that you feel like you can close out and we didn't so that's that's the frustration and that's the disappointment uh, having said that, we got a game Thursday night. We got a game in our building versus a division opponent. Uh, so we got to very, very quickly turn the page, make corrections, and, and move on uh, because in these short weeks, you just can't let the previous game uh, linger. You, you, you really do have to move on. So uh, that's what we'll do. We'll meet with the team this afternoon. We'll have a walkthrough this afternoon, uh, and then we are full bore uh, on to Pittsburgh. And with that, I'll take any questions. Thank you very much, Coach. The first one will be from Mary Kay Cabot. Uh, yeah, Kevin, let's, um, can we start with the um, the Nick Chubb situation where uh, he should have gone, you know, out or whatever uh, instead of scoring the last touchdown? I mean, can you kind of elaborate? I know what you said after the game, but should you have told those told him and told the huddle, do not score there? Yeah, obviously, retrospect, Mary Kay, you know, you, you want to do anything that can secure the win. So, uh, that is something that's my responsibility to communicate to that huddle. Uh, you know, put putting yourself up potentially 14 points inside of two minutes. You know, you should you should close out that game. So uh, yes, uh, I, I wish I had said that to Nick and 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 Nick would have done it. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that we had plenty of opportunities uh, to to win that game. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Mary Kay. Next up is Jake Trotter. Yeah, Kevin, after watching film, do you have any more detail on what happened on the 66-yard touchdown which ignited their rally? Yeah, as you can imagine, Jake, um, obviously looked at it, talked uh, with the coaches about it. We'll talk to the players about it. I'm not going to get into the responsibilities and, and those type of things because I just don't, I don't see that as uh, productive. Uh, bottom line is that should never happen. Uh, we have to be able to defend the pass in those obvious passing situations. And we just got to everybody uh, be on the same page. And, and it's frustrating that we weren't in that case. And I know uh, it happened previous uh, in week one as well. So uh, those are the type of things we have to get fixed immediately um, because that's just when you're in a game like that, everybody knows what's what they're about to do. Uh, it was not a surprise to anybody. So that's the only way we could have let them back in that game. So again, it just goes back to, have to correct the correctables. 
Evan, this is a, a small sample size. Uh, through two games, Miles is number one in the NFL in the second and third quarters and pass rush win rate. I know that's one of many metrics to evaluate that. In the fourth quarter, he is way down compared to those uh, quarters, even though he's still, you know, among the leaders in the NFL. Do you see him getting worn down at all late in games? Uh, or have you seen no drop off? And that's just a statistical anomaly through two games. Yeah, I, I would probably say it's small sample size, Jake. Uh, he, he's playing at a high level. We're going to continue to need him to play at a high level. Thank you, Jake. Kim, Justice, you're up. Hey, Kevin, you guys said that you don't practice mistakes. Uh, you obviously want to learn from them, but you're not going to go out there and necessarily practice them. When those breakdowns do happen, though, in communication on the defense in games like yesterday and, and you have those blown coverages, how do you go about preparing that for the next week, making sure you're able to prevent them in a game setting, but also addressing them in a practice setting. Yeah, Cam. So what we'll do, what we have done is, you know, you practice substitutions in, in practice. You, you uh, there are ways to not let the defense or offense know which group is going in next. So you make them lock in on those type of things. We practiced in the crowd noise defensively, knowing that we're going to have to be using signals. Uh, so you do practice those type of things and that's really your operation uh, and those are the type of things that you got to continue to uh, be really, really sharp because it does present challenges uh, to the defense when you're at home. And our crowd was great yesterday, and, and that's what we expect. So you got to be able to communicate uh, in the crowd noise, just like when the offense goes on the road to be able to communicate. And when you're doing that with players, is there also an emphasis and uh, communication with the coaching staff on the sidelines of getting those plays out there to them on the field? Definitely. And, and that's, uh, you know, we talk a lot about operation. It's really uh, the communication from the booth, from the from the coach's booth down to the sideline, from the sideline to the huddle, uh, the communication is vital on the sideline in between series. I mean, all of that is so important to to your operation. Thanks, Cam. Let's go to Matt Fontana. Yeah, Kevin, you just mentioned it's not very constructive to to go through the responsibilities. It is all frustrating when people are firing off who to blame or it's this or that when they don't even know the play call. Yeah, I would just tell you, Matt, respectfully, uh, we deal with what we can control, and, and that's really in this building. Um, so. And then your entire coaching career, was that the most frustrating loss you've been a part of? Yeah, I mean, they all sting. Uh, not, it's not fun, you know. So we're, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a challenge in, in this <laughs> – in this business, you, you know where you stand. It's the beauty of this business. It's it's very black and white. It's win and loss, um, but they're hard. They're they're hard. Uh, they hurt, and I think it's just so important because of that. Uh, you gotta real fast uh, turn the page. Uh, doesn't mean you don't own it. Doesn't mean you don't make corrections, but you better turn the page. Thank you, Matt. Daryl Ryder, you're up. Yeah, Kevin. After the Carolina game, we heard we'll make the corrections, get it fixed, and that'll be that. And then, so I guess just how frustrating is that you had a repeat of what happened in week one, and this time it did cost you. And then the, the, the second part of that, what, what is the fix for the, the communication breakdown? Yeah, I mean, to your point, Daryl, it, it is frustrating. I mean, I don't think anybody, uh, anybody who watches that game doesn't uh, understand the, the frustration. Um, Having said that, we have to be problem solvers. We have to find solutions uh, and 
any which way. Uh, there, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it, but we got to find solutions so that when we're in position like we are, uh, like we were yesterday, and it's an obvious passing situation, we just can't, we can't let that happen. And without getting to the, into any specific public blaming of any particular player, from your perspective, or, or you know, Joe Woods is the defensive coordinator. Could you see your uh, see you guys altering lineups and whatnot uh, for repeat mistakes when it comes to uh, you know communication breakdown on the field? Well, I mean, with anything, offense, defense, special teams, uh, of course, you're always looking for the right. Um, lineup out there that gives you the best chance but you know let me be very clear anything that happens out there uh, i gotta get fixed uh, that that's on me thanks daryl john sable you're up coach is it kind of a blessing in disguise seeing how you have a game in just a few days it's a short week so this isn't something that is just hanging over your head as opposed to having a game on Sunday or even maybe on Monday. And then a second uh, follow-up to that is how confident are you in a short amount of time that these errors can be fixed? Well, John, yes, I do think it's uh, it's good that we have a game Thursday. Uh, you know, I think back to 2020, had a, a, a very tough loss in, the, in that first game and then right back at it at home versus division opponents. So, I do think it's it's beneficial to just get out on the field today, get out on the field tomorrow, and then obviously get under the lights Thursday night. Uh, and then, like we mentioned earlier, anything that we need to fix, you got to fix. We, we don't have time to wait. Thanks, John. Let's go to Ashley Bastock. Hey, Kevin. Um, going to the special teams aspect of things from yesterday, I guess the, the fake punt opportunity that they got through, the missed opportunity to recover that kick, just what have your conversations been like with Mike after after rewatching that and, and things like that, cleaning that stuff up? Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, I think last night, uh, Ashley, we got beat and uh, they did a nice job. They executed on a fake punt. They executed on an onside kick. There are things, of course, that we can do better. Um, and we're just going to have to. We just have to find a way in those situations to make a play, find a way to uh, get the ball out of bounds on, on a kick and those type of things. So it's, it's normal uh, football where they're going to make their fair share of plays, but, but we got to just uh, continue to put our guys in position to do their job, to put them in position to do the job and then have our players come through in those moments. Thanks. Thank you, Ashley. Marla Reitner, go ahead. Yeah, Kevin, I'm not asking about this specific person exactly, but Denzel tweeted that, you know, I was only targeted once and, you know, kind of, I'm just wondering, are you worried about players like pointing fingers or second guessing Joe Woods' calls or just the where things stand as far as the team, you know, as a whole right now? Yeah, Marla, I haven't had, a, well, obviously talked to the team after the game. I haven't had a chance to talk to the team yet today, uh, bringing them in uh, shortly for meetings. So obviously those are all things you address and, and what you have to do uh, when you win, you win as a team and when you lose, you lose it as a team. That's That's what makes this you know, the greatest team sport there is. It, it takes all 11 on offense, defense, and special teams. And at the end of the day, you got to share in the wins and you got to share in the losses. Thank you. Thanks, Marla. Let's go to Jeff Shadow. Hey, Kevin, you didn't uh, mention Jacoby Brissett in your injury report. How, how is he, how's his ankle? And could you uh, go over the way he played yesterday and, and an interception with uh what happened there? 
Yeah, uh, so he, he's not on the injury report. Uh, he, I thought he played well. I thought he saw it clearly. Um, you know, on the interception, their guy made a play. We're trying to get a chunk there and, and call timeout, but their guy made a play. Thank you, Jeff. We'll take two more. Scott Petrick and Tony Grossi. Scott. Hey, Kevin. I had a couple quick follow-ups. Um, so had you told Jacoby to have the running backs not score before that happened? That's what we've done in the past, yes. I mean, but yesterday, like, did you tell him before that snap or anything in the headset? No, no, I did not. So I do want to be clear on this one. I absolutely could have told him that uh, okay. in that situation. Okay. And then on that, the, the 66-yarder, were you comfortable with the play call? I'm not yes. saying, you know, who should have been there, but you liked the call that was out there? Yes. Okay. And then, okay, thank you. Thanks, Scott. Last one, Tony Grossi. Thanks, Kevin. One on offense, one on defense. I know it's painful, but defensive, uh, that long pass play. At this point, I've seen coordinators just put a safety 20 yards deep to avoid that situation. Isn't that a logical temporary solution to get these until these communications are settled? Yeah, I, I think there are uh, definitely solutions, Tony, to, to that to that problem. Um, and we've talked about it as a staff. We'll put our guys in position to uh, not let that happen again. On the last, uh, the interception, um, it looked like it was a deeper than get me to the 40. That the pass was intercepted at the 35. Too deep? No, I don't think so. You know, that it was into the dog pound. Um, so wanted to. I don't think. I don't think it's safe to just always get to the 40 uh, with your kicker. I think we're trying to get as close as we t can to that. Uh, to kick a shorter field goal. All right, Tony, thank you, Coach. Appreciate the time today. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, there's Kevin Stefanski with his Monday press conference, one that had a very specific tone to it, a lot to break down, um, and we will do so coming up next. Z is here, the Hoff is here. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Bo, Z, the Hoff with you on a Monday, um, a Monday that was two minutes from pure joy. When you have a collapse like this, so many things have to happen to allow for it. Uh, Joe, before you got in here, we had said that there were 2,229 consecutive instances where if you have a 13 or more point lead, with under two minutes, you win. It had happened that many times consecutively. There was a 99.9% .9 chance of victory once the Nick Chubb touchdown happens. The 0.1% is what we're talking about today, my friend. You were there, by the way. Mm -hmm. An incredible day for mm -hmm. you. Congratulations. I know Thank the, you. The Officially a legend. The, Thank you. The brown it was jacket all, was, it was gorgeous. It was speculation before. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, you're, you're sitting, you're in the stands. The day mm -hmm. is pure joy, mm -hmm. and it comes apart in two minutes that's why we're left feeling like we're feeling right now with this pit in our stomach yeah. and just this pit of misery that i've stepped into this entire day <laughs> but I, I had a friend that just came up right at the end of the game right before the two minute warning and we were breaking some bread in the suite uh yesterday and we we're talking about oh you know this was a really enjoyable game to watch like jacoby Brissett came to life this offense looked efficient they were smooth they were on everything all the game plans that they had going in it looked like they executed very well. Defense had played well up until that point. 
And you just were like, this was a good game. Like, even the Jets, from their standpoint, it wasn't sloppy football. I thought they had a really nice opening script. Mike LaFleur, their offensive coordinator, I thought he did a good job, like, trying to limit Miles with the number of guys they just threw at Miles to kind of slow him off the line of scrimmage. So it was a good game. It was clean. It was back and forth. You're sitting there feeling really good about about possibly having a two-score lead or just being able to kneel it out when you get under two minutes because your opponent had no timeouts. And then to watch it all unravel in under a two-minute stretch, it happened so quickly, especially because the Jets had no timeouts. The Browns only had one. It happened so fast, you couldn't even comprehend what was happening because your emotions yep. were already in a certain lane of traffic. You're already on the on-ramp to joy. Yes. And- and all of a sudden, you, you didn't have enough time for your brain to U-turn in under two minutes the way it just collapsed at the end. It was shocking. Yeah, and it was unacceptable. Right I mean, yeah. it, it's unacceptable to blow a coverage in that situation where, again, all you had to do was anything but that. Just don't allow a one-play touchdown. That was really all they had to do. Not allow a one-play touchdown, and the Browns win the game. Then you just have to recover an onside kick and the Browns win the game. Then you just got to get one more stop, and the Browns win the game. And they couldn't do any of those things. And it was insane to watch. It was shocking. I was stunned. I went through multiple stages of of grief. Mm. I went from shocked to angry, back to shocked, back to angry, back. And then I think I'm still shocked as I sit Mm -hmm. here today because it was almost impossible. And I have to say almost because I would have said it was impossible, but clearly it is not. And the Browns have got – to figure this out, if I had told you guys that the Browns were going to open the season against Carolina and the Jets and that they would score 26 and 30 points in those games, there's no way that we're anything but 2-0. And an crazy thing is we're a 58-yard field goal away from being 0-2 yeah. because of defensive blunders that keep happening. People are getting mad at the coaches, and I understand you want to blame somebody, but if we're a football team that's smart, tough, and accountable, which is the last word. I know nobody wants to talk about it, but at some point, like, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play this game. You've got to do your job. And right now, those players are not – Joe Woods doesn't design coverages that involve not covering people. Like, that's not what was called in. That's not what was supposed to be done. And people are all after Joe Woods. Now, you could say, I'd love to see him play man in that situation. Everybody out there who plays Madden is nodding. Yep, play three man, <laughs> and you can't lose the game right there. I don't know if that's a real coverage. It works in a video game. It feels like it would work if you had three deep safeties and everybody man else playing man. It feels yeah. Joe Flacco's not going to run on you. You know what I mean? Like, just, it, it's. There's no coverage that doesn't work in that situation if you run it as it's supposed to be executed. Like, even if you were in, you know, you're blitzing and you had man coverage in the back end, like, they're still supposed to cover the guys and understand that the situation calls for deeper than the deepest. The only way you lose this game is if the ball goes over your head. So if there's any miscommunication at all, let's just everybody back up. Err on the side. You always err on the side of caution in that situation. And I understand that you don't want to just play straight prevent where everyone turns and runs backwards so that they can just throw 30-yard underneath routes and get out of bounds but at the same time if there's a motion that happens and there's communication that needs to exist on the field and maybe you don't get it or maybe you weren't exactly sure with what you were supposed to do you have to err on the side of caution as a left tackle if I wasn't exactly sure that I I should slide to the right and leave the defensive end for maybe a, a, a halfback or a halfback and a tight end that are going to block off the edge well you know what I'm going to block that guy if I'm not absolutely sure because you cannot make the mistakes that lead to tragic outcomes. And when we were talking in the pregame show on Brown's Countdown, my Vitamix 
winning key for the day was to be deeper than the deepest and don't allow any deep throws over your head because of exactly this situation when you're playing against a team that you should beat. The only way that they beat you is with explosive plays that become catastrophic, which is exactly what happened on Sunday. And unfortunately, like six of them happened back to back to back on in under two minutes. You, I coach six and seven-year-olds. In the last minute of a game, if we're ahead, what's the first thing I say to him? Nobody behind you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nobody behind you. It's, it's the only way we lose. Come up, pull flags. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So that is taught at that age, and for some reason it's happened to us in back-to-back games. Guys, we have talked um, about the needle that was going to need to be threaded, threaded here, right? As you wait for Deshaun Watson, the defense had to be great. The special teams had to be great. And we thought the offense – would just have to do enough. Remember, layups be yeah. layups. Yep. Uh, win some games 22-18, that sure. type of stuff. The offense has been exceptional. This was an extraordinary performance out of our offense. It was great. On Sunday. The amount of things that had to go wrong, <laughs> a missed extra point from a guy who hit a 58-yarder. Yep. I mean, from a special team standpoint, they got a fake punt off on us that they got. That can't happen. We talked about the broken coverage a lot. That's a big one. Very clearly, if you if you watch the All-22, very clearly, everyone's in cover three with the exception of Denzel. Now, how that connection doesn't – how that communication doesn't get to him, we, I, you don't know. That's they got to sort that out. But if when JOK goes to the flat, that tells you – Yes. You're gone. Um, you can watch the other guys in coverage. Right. They're all, They're playing, all that. playing that. All right. So you have – and then back to special teams. So you have a, a fake punt. You have a missed extra point from a guy who had a 58 walk-off the year, week before. I've never seen him push a kick. Have you? I've seen him kick a thousand times. I've never seen him push a kick. I have never seen him miss inside of 55 yards. Ever. Ever. Surrendered an onside kick. Which, by the way, even with the blown coverage, you you just recover the onside kick, you win. Now, I don't know what it looked like in the stadium, but from television, it looked like we had one guy trying to recover it, and they had like four. So So I don't know if that's what the film showed or what it looked, but sometimes on TV it's too tight, mm -hmm. so you can't see what happened. So what you had, it was three guys over there, and then Amari was like a yard behind them. Those three are supposed to block, and then he's supposed to get the ball. And it was coming sideways and coming out, and it looked like he tried with his left arm to hit it out of bounds and got hit right as that happened, and then they were getting it. Now – we had John Johnson in the middle of the field over the kicker so that he couldn't do the kick and run, you know, 10 yards. But then we also had Demetric Felton back deep, and we had Anthony Schwartz at about the 20, 25, like kind of deep. Yeah. So we could have had two more guys up there, and I guess you're worried, okay, well, what if they kick it over our heads and beat us in a foot race? But, I mean, it seems tough. That feels a lot harder. There's – there's no high probability onside kick. That's why it's no. such an improbable collapse because no matter what they did from an onside kick standpoint, it's going to be really difficult to recover it. No matter where you line up, even if they kick it to empty space and you had a couple extra guys up and then you try to beat them down there in a foot race, you should win that easily because you have at least a 10 to 15-yard head start even if yes. all of your guys are towards that line of scrimmage where you know they're within 10 yards of where the football is. So they, I think they were set up well and – the kick who the punter actually was the guy that kicked the yep. onside for the the Jets. He made an excellent helicopter kick that you couldn't tell if it was going to go 10 yards and if you should stay away or if it was going to go 10 yards and you should try to knock it out of bounds and just like a little split second uh pause by Amari, I think 
causes him to be just a split second late to be able to try to knock that football out of bounds because that's all you have to do in that situation. You get the ball, you can kneel on it a few times, and the game's over. All right, so make an extra point, you win. Don't blow a coverage on a 66-yarder, you win. Recover an onside kick, you win. How about stop them with Mm -hmm. 53 seconds? Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't even that they went and scored in 53, and I don't know what it felt like for you guys in the stadium, but as soon as they recovered the onside, you're done. That's what I felt like. Well, I I, I thought, too, it was a hot day, which in September in Cleveland, you don't always get hot days, but it was pretty hot. And for the defense in that situation, the hardest thing is you're in two-minute, which is the most exhausting thing that you do. And as soon as the other team recovers an onside, you have to go back out there without any rest. So you're already tired going into that situation. Your pass rush is going to be a lot slower. Your defensive backs are getting more fatigued because they're out there the whole time. Meanwhile, the other team is rotating their receivers in there. And so – your backs is already against the wall, and now you're exhausted and you're demoralized because of the situation and the momentum going into that situation from the beginning. It was like pitch and catch, though. Even the last, even with all, I mean, just pointing all of the things. And yeah, if any one of stupefying. these things aren't are done, if you do any one of these improbable things, if you stop any one of these improbable things, you win. You stop none of them. So they score in no time. Right down the field. Garrett Wilson goes right behind the coverage. It's the easiest throw Flacco can make. Uh, That's a touchdown. They make their extra point. Now they're up one. Despite all of that, Jacoby Brissett scrambles and gets us dang near to midfield. We had a timeout with 12 seconds, and the only thing you can't do is throw a pick. Mm -hmm. If you round midfield, you're going to get a shot at a 65-yarder, and we've seen him kick them from there. At least you have a shot in hell, and we throw a pick. Look at all those things. Now, I know people want to come at Nick Chubb. I've come seen on. that a lot. I can't. Come on. You go up two scores with under two minutes. I'm sorry. Two. That's, got, that's enough. Two, thousand, two touchdowns. What did you say? 2,000? 2,229 straight yes. games. It's over. It's over. Yeah. It's I over. Just, I wanted to go through all of the things, every one of them so improbable, and they all happen. If you just stop one of them, you win. One. Yeah. And you did not. And that's There's why this one hurts. And this is one that I hope we don't have to look back on as being if we end up a game short of winning the division, a game short of going to the playoffs, that we don't have to look back at this game because you snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, it was you had won this football game. You deserve to win it. Your offense had played great. And I think that, you know, you mentioned special teams. We got beaten two of the three phases. Ultimately, special teams was not a net positive for us. Uh, clearly, it was a, a big negative. And then defensively, you know, we had an opportunity at the end of the first half to hold them to a field goal. Yeah. You give up a touchdown on third and 10 from the 10 when you rush three and drop eight into coverage and there's an uncovered player. Like, I'm not a mathematician anymore. You did go to private school. I did. Yeah. <laughs> There are five guys on the offensive line who are not eligible to be in routes. Mm-hmm. There's a quarterback who's not eligible to be in a route. That leaves five people yeah. maximum to be in a route. And we had eight people in coverage. And somehow, one of them was completely uncovered so that he literally threw him a little flare pass and he walked into the end zone untouched in a 20-yard field. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Like, I know that we're now you get to go back and look at all the little things that happened. How did we give up so many third downs? They were the worst third down team in the NFL after one week. They were eight of 15 on third down. And a lot lot of them them were were third and nines. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We'd get them, we'd Uh get them second and 15, and they'd end up converting. And that was what you wanted get them in an obvious passing situation. And yet, we could not get off the field. And that's the thing that I think is so frustrating is if you were to look at our personnel, you say, what is this defense built to do? 
it is built to just absolutely get after teams in obvious passing situations. Mm-hmm. Great pass rushers, great secondary, and it didn't happen. I mean, they had a chance for redemption defensively right there. Make a play. Nobody made a play on that last drive. Mm-mm. Not one. Miles, now you got held a couple of times. They didn't call well, Fine, whatever. But you still had a chance to stop them right there, and you did not. Like, they needed a touchdown. It wasn't like you, they, no. you, you had to stop them from getting a field goal range. They needed to score. No. And they did. Again. There was no resistance. On None. The, that was the easiest bing, bong, bam touchdown. That was the easiest drive could be. It was, yeah, it's stupefying. It is. And it's it's a tough spot because um, when we look at the big picture here and you think about first four games, three and one is the number. Now, that's still, still attainable. Still in play. Yes. That's in, that's in play. The rest of the division does you a favor. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you guys were at the game. You were calling it. You were there being honored appropriately. The Ravens were up 28-7 to seven at half. Mm. Yeah. And lost. They were up 14 in the fourth quarter and lost. Mm. Um, Pittsburgh lost at home to the Patriots. The Cincinnati Bengals are the first team in NFL history to play in the Super Bowl and lose their first two games the next year on the last play. I did not hear that yet. Yeah, that makes me two. slightly more warm and fuzzy this morning than yes, I expected. Yes, a little better. Uh, all right, now I'm happy. I mean, this is what you got to get find some stuff here. Yeah. But but here's the thing. We so could, that's but true. Th- th- that's it's the what could have been. We could be two and zero. You controlling our destiny yeah. with an AFC North opponent coming down. Now the good news is, it's on Thursday, and the last Thank time God. I can remember us having a horrific loss, I want to say it was Week One of 2018. Now we got blasted. Or 2000 of Stefanski's first year, 2000. We got blasted at Baltimore, Baltimore and we played. 2020. And we came right back on a. On Thursday night. Against Cincinnati, I think, and won. Yep. Yep. That you're able to at least flush it and come back. This is different. That one you could say, okay, we got whooped. This one, we were the better football team again, and we are not playing mistake free. Here's the thing that boggles my mind going back to these blown coverages. We have given up a 66 yard touchdown a 75-yard touchdown, and a 50-yard completion down to the one that set up another touchdown on blown coverages where a quarterback in the National Football League had to throw a route on air three times in two weeks. Like, I don't – I'm trying to think in my 10 years with this team where I've seen that happen the reverse, where they just forget to cover one of our guys and we get, like, walk-in touchdowns. This isn't NFL open. This is elementary school open. They're open by 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not being covered. They're not. That's what I mean. There's nobody there. <laughs> yeah. There's right. nobody in the screen. No. Like, they zoom in on the guy catching. Like, is there any, anyone? No? Okay. Like, the three of us could have scored on that play. Mm. Yeah. Slow as fast, as the Hoff would like to say. Mm. But we – like, that's insane. Yeah. There's, there's if no. we caught the ball where Corey Davis did, we all could have scored. And that is – how does that happen? Yeah, he's 15 yards clear. At least. It's crazy. So that, Can't happen. That's, that's the stuff. Speechless. All, that's the stuff that you have now, Pittsburgh, yep. Thursday. And the pressure cooker is a-boiling right mm-hmm. now. And the heat is hot. And it's – the one thing I hate to see, and I, I hate – I know, look, there's an obligation to, to speak. and it, But I think at some point – and I, I'll be the first to admit – I'm on cold takes exposed this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good job out of me. 
Listen, by the way, I like wrong. how it's Twitter's fault. You had over 2,200 yeah. examples of right. why this was over. Why it's done. So this is the tweet I have on the Nick Chubb touchdown. Best thing about being 2-0, two, two see you Thursday, Pittsburgh. Ooh. Okay? Now I own it. So <laughs> That's a tough one. As soon as as soon as it goes wrong, within two minutes, I, I quote to my own tweet, and I said, I'm so, so sorry, just sick. But that's accountability. Mm-hmm. That's right. This team needs to be accountable that's... for its, its – Smart, tough, accountable. It's it's on the brochure. Well, right now we're not being smart either. No. Blown so, coverages are not. So two of the that's three. That's smart football. Two of the three aren't happening. And one big thing from Coach's Presser from a newsy standpoint, no clowny this week. And by the way, when he went out, our no pass rush, it disappeared. It's it gone. Vaporized. Disappeared. All right. We're talking about this accountability stuff. I want to ask you, because you're the only one who's been in an NFL locker room. You are the Hoff. You are a legend officially. What does it not play in the locker room to have honesty about what happened? Does it would it turn a player off if Kevin Stefanski sat there and said exactly what happened on that play? What, why you're saying to the media, right? Yeah, because we have no idea what the conversations are in I the locker room in the meeting room. Sure. Like you, you would hope. Yeah. I would, I would almost go as far as guaranteeing that there's some very serious conversations being happen happening in those meeting rooms with. Coach Stefanski and Joe Woods and all the people that are involved in that situation, not not in a hey you're the reason we lost standpoint, but a an accountability standpoint of hey guys these are the things that happened because we let them happen, and that's why we lost. Like look at this cascade of events. We cannot allow this to happen. Coaches should take some accountability where it is reasonable, but at the same time the players are the one that are on the field that are executing the game plan that they've been given in a situational mindset and that are after two weeks of the season showing the same mistake over and over again. And so for to your question about should the coaches hold the players more accountable to the media in the public essentially is kind of or even the going. player come out and say, yeah, or I, the player. I did this. Yeah. You would think that that would be the best way to approach it. Yeah. You would think because then everybody knows Hey, it's not the coach blaming the player, but just explaining what happened. And as a player, then I would probably be a little bit embarrassed if I was the reason that you ended up losing a game that you should have won. I think one of the most um, – I actually think it's one of the most effective things that you can do if you're in public life and our players are in public life. It's It actually is pretty endearing if you just say, I blew it. Yes, it's very relatable. Everybody all... makes mistakes. Yes, I, I blew fallible. it. Right. It's on me. It won't happen again. I'll fix it. And people go, okay. But when you say, no, no, not me. I'm not blaming it. it." Then it doesn't end. It just keeps going in circles. Well, it it led to a thousand questions about it. Of course. And it's just done. I thought we were playing this coverage. We were actually playing this coverage. Own it. Done. Yeah. It's... It is crazy, though, that we have had three catastrophic blown coverages. I mean, wouldn't you say that it is atypical to have a guy run that free three times in a season? Well, you just mentioned it. When's the last time you remember the Browns having the good fortune of having one of our guys just running Mm. scot-free in the secondary where you can hit him and there's nobody within 20 yards? It just doesn't happen, right? It's like a quarterback-receiver warm-up where you just run goes to get loose. Yes, I mean, 
there's a process in place where you have layers of safety valves. Like, okay, if this guy doesn't get the call, then you still have somebody behind him that can, you know, be the eraser in that situation. You have, you know, veteran safeties that are seeing maybe somebody didn't get the call, so I, I can make up for it in this case, and I'm going to be deeper than the deepest, and we'll give up the short stuff, but we're not going to give up the play that loses the game for us. And here's the thing. And it's, it's funny, but when you play a lot of cover three and cover four, what you're saying is we're trying to limit the big plays. Yeah, That's what that defense, that's what quarters is designed to do. It's what cover three is supposed to do. And you have rules. People say, oh, well, they're running cover three, you can run all the verts. Well, you have rules. If everybody runs a vertical, they carry those verticals out of the slots. Like, this is, this is to be safe. That's what you are supposed to all right, let's take a quick, quick timeout. Yes. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, guys, look, the Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams. They can transform your current bathroom situation into a spa-like situation in about a day. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler with expert factory-trained installers. Give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Call 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. Largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions. You need one, they can do it for you. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. Um, I, I like hearing from the principals on this. So uh, on the, we're spending a lot of time on the coverage because that of the mistakes, and there were six of them, six things that are catastrophic that all went against the Browns, uh, the one that's getting the most attention, certainly by us, because it seems like the one that was the most no-brainer of all of them was the blown coverage and the communications. John Johnson was asked about the communication issues post-game. Here's what he had to say. We gotta find a way to wrap it at practice. Like literally, put it on tape. That's what we gotta do. Like we should all be. If it's a hand signal, we should all be making a signal. We should see all seven guys in the back end making a signal. So there's no way that you can say, "Oh, I didn't get the call." You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's sender and receive. So that is something I heard Tyvis say on the post game as we were going to dinner last night for my wife's birthday, and um, I heard oh, happy birthday. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, the blonde. Where'd you guys go? Mother of Dragons, just the club. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, that, that he said that one thing that they did in Seattle on that when he was playing in this defense was exactly what John Johnson just said, which was a hand signal. In other words, I give you this, you give it to back to me, then we all know we're doing the same thing. Now, yep. I don't know if that's happening or not or whatever, but the fact that he said it out loud gives me some pause that there's some credence to it. Well, there may be credence to it, but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you have a, a procedure in place for what's going on. and. I think we're past that though. Like we have to like go rudimentary here. Yeah, I guess it's one of those like, things where you say if you here if I've got to treat you like a, right, I got to treat you like a child. We're in cover three. Three. Ah, he knows. It also feels Guys. like that makes it pretty easy for the offense to know too. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure they're not just going to be like no, oh, one, right. two, or three. I'm sure they can code it a little bit more than that. Right. Just right. sure you figure it out though. Like if once right. they make a hand signal, but the guys are watching. I'm it. not willing to accept that they don't already have hand signals in place. Like that's what you do on the road when the environment's loud. Like on defense, or so, sorry for the defense, it would be at home, right? So this being a home game, I would expect that they would already have those hand signals built in. 
You would think. I mean, that's what we do on the offensive line when we're playing on the road and really loud environments. Like, I can't talk to my guy that I'm playing next to. I can't talk to the quarterback. He can't talk to me. You have to use hand signals. We used to use hand signals to direct our calls and protection, like going left, we'd kind of wave with our left hand. Obviously, going right, wave with your right hand. Yeah. Pretty easy, just so you know. Or like, hey, who's our dude? Like, point to your eyes. That's the guy we're going to. And then everybody knows you're on the same page. Like, just simple stuff like that is how you communicate in loud environments. And I'm not willing to accept that they don't have that. That just doesn't make sense that now they're going to have to come up with hand signals because that's what you do. Like that's part of kind of the install of OTAs is like, Hey, these are our coverages. These are the hand signals when it gets loud, when we're at home. Yeah. It's, it's really stupefying too, from the standpoint of uh, we mentioned that three blown coverages, just blown coverages through the first two games. When we go back to camp and you looked at this defense and you said, is this as good a back seven as there is in the league? Is it as good a corner and safety grouping as you've seen in the league? Yeah. And it talent-wise, it ought to be. And beyond the blowns uh, coverages, it's it's not happening play-to-play -play either no. with this group. There's It's not just the blown coverages. But, that I mean, Garrett Wilson put a move on. Now, that kid's an elite route runner. And it's a great route. It's a great and that route. happens. And that's going too. to. For sure. Yes. For sure. But there, Greg got caught in one of those. Uh, Denzel got caught in one on the other side with one of those. You mentioned the play at the end zone where we have nobody covered. It looks like Denzel was confused on that one as well, kind of based on what, what I've seen. Uh, but who knows? Uh, but but all of this is it's it's not just the blown coverage. It's also in the in the normal play of game. You just don't see that secondary playing the way that we thought. So you did in Carolina, I thought. And, and again, you can't keep taking these things off, but if you look at of the pass yards that were given up, even in this game with Flacco, right? Yeah. So he throws 44 passes. So pretend he throws 43 and takes 66 yards off of his total. So he throws 43 times for 240 yards. Yeah. So that's under six yards an attempt. Like, that's actually really good pass defense. But if I would have told you that a Jets team with Joe Flacco at quarterback take out the last one, the 66-yarder, was going to score 24, you would have said, that doesn't seem likely based on Agreed. what our defense, we thought our defense would be. Agreed. Like we, we, would, we would all say, I think, that it, we, know, to, go, to be successful through the first 11 games, if you could score 21-ish, yes. that would do it. And so we're doing that offensively. We're not matching that. So it's blown for sure. The, the blown coverages are three of the touchdowns. But it's also just the it, this defense has not been what I think anybody thought it would be through two games. When not, you give up big plays, that's yeah. what happens, right? Yeah. That's how you die against bad teams. And the Jets, I'm not saying they're the worst team in the NFL, but they're not a great team right now. No. They've got talent they just got like talents. every team in the NFL, and they're going to be able to keep it close. But when you're talking about the best teams in the NFL, they're not one of them. That's easy to say. And when you're playing against bad teams, the only way you lose is if you allow huge plays. Yep. And if that's on everybody's mind going into the game on defense, that doesn't mean you have to play tentative or you have to always just give up and play deeper than the deepest and give them the, the shallow stuff. But you need to have the mindset of we can't allow big plays. That's the number one most important thing we're going to do. And the leader on that defense, whoever it is, whether it's from the linebacker position or the safety position, has to take that ownership of understanding that if there is communication issues that are happening on a play, if there's a problem that's happening, how do I get into something safe so that we don't lose the game on this play? When, yes. when, when I was here, 
uh, when Dequell Jackson, who I got to see this weekend for the Legends induction, which was great, he was the leader, he was the captain of the defense. And if he was watching and seeing any communication issues that were happening on any given play, if there was a motion and they didn't know how they were supposed to adjust, there's safe calls for them to get into where he can, like when Dequell was here, he would just kind of pump his hands up in the air, and that just meant to Tampa. That meant... Let's get back. Let's get into something safe. We'll give them a check down. But what I don't want to have happen is where we get stuck in a situation where we got half the guys in the secondary playing one coverage and the other half playing the other coverage. So I think finding who that ownership person is going to be, whether it be John Johnson, whether it be Anthony Walker, like who's that guy that's going it to is make Anthony sure Walker. that so, everybody is on the same page in that situation. So I'm watching that play right now. And the, the 66 yard. Yes. Yeah. The running back starts on Flacco's left hip. And when he goes from his left hip and he goes down to the tackle, taps on tackle, letting him know I'm chipping. Because that's what they were doing, which I thought was actually pretty interesting. They'd have a back in the backfield. Now, in this case, they didn't go to Miles' side because the tight end was already on Miles' side. But the back would come down if they looked at, like, if there was a guy in a wide nine and they were going to Miles' side a lot. And then would just come down, tap the tackle, and say, I'm here. I'm going to chip first thing I'm going to do. And so they were waiting because we were moving miles around to different places, right side, left side. And so they were doing that. So he goes in motion and comes down to the tackle. When he does that, Anthony Walker in the middle of the defense makes two hand signals like this and turns around and looks at everybody and does this. And so he's doing it twice, two different hand signals like this. And you can see as soon as he does it, everybody's looking at him. That's the thing that's very interesting to me. It appears anyway. You can't tell from this far away. But as soon as he does that, JOK actually hops two steps out to his left because he knows he's got the flat now. Yeah. So, like, he did make so, a hand signal. So you're saying the process is in place. The hand signals are in place. Maybe everybody not, not saw it. Giving them back. But maybe, maybe give we have them to back. give them back. But, but that's... Did you see this? The two-way street of communication. Then you got to do it to me yeah. before hey, I can acknowledge you. If you see this, you, give it you back to me. That way you I know you got it. Me, I know. Lock, whatever that looks like. But so clearly, like, that hierarchy of communication and the route that it has to go through Anthony Walker on any given moment was in place, and there was somebody that didn't get it. Here's the thing that's even crazier to me about this particular play as I watch it back now. So Denzel, you know, we heard him from his media, Bill, said that he was playing, you know, the cloud flat. JOK immediately goes out to the flat. It was second and one. Mm -hmm. JOK, when the time that the ball is thrown, the the down and distance was it was the thirty four. Denzel kind of carried Corey Davis all the way to the fifty before he passed him on, and then you had JOK who was actually was in the flat who's down at the forty. So like even in his vision, he would see that there was a flat defender underneath. You know what I mean? Like it's right in his line of sight back to Joe Flacco. In fact, is Jeremiah was Cormo ten yards in front of him. So it's kind of wild that. He made the decision to just stop running with him it, 15 yards down the field. It makes the only explanation just complete brain fart. Where, you know, like when I was a kid, I remember I was sitting at my dinner table with my parents and I had my glass of milk. I was like nine. And for whatever reason, I just turned and I dumped it right in my lap. And it was like I blacked out. And I remember my mom looking at me going, Joseph, what are you doing? And I instantly snapped out of it and I was like, I think I just short-circuited for like two <laughs> seconds. I don't know what happened. And that's my only explanation. Denzel just took the glass of milk and dumped it right in his lap. And then all of a sudden opened his eyes and realized, oh, crap. Like everything I saw, everything that was going into my brain, just short-circuited for a three-second, critical three seconds in the game. And, I mean, how else do you explain what happened? Everybody's giving the hand signals. Everybody's looking at him. He's seeing JOK in the flat. 
and then he doesn't run with the the deep middle uh the deep half here's the crazy thing too you could even afford one short circuit you can't afford six well right that was yeah so there were six so cataclysmic that had to happen six short circuits lead to that you, you hit a, a six team parlay yes every single one of them astronomical you can, and all you of them were one, one percent yeah. and you can survive one honestly you can survive the the blown coverage there one of the other five things you do and i'll give you another thing that you can add to it which was a pretty stupefying sequence we got down to i want to say they're 38 and then we had like negative three negative four on runs we yes. lost and then a, a sack yeah we lost 15 yards in three plays yep yeah there's a lot because if you had, you know, even if you don't get a first down there, but you have a chance to kick a field goal there. Yeah. Everything that could did. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's crazy. It's a lot of things to it's make unreal. that happen. OBM, the official printer partner, your Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns to win, you can also depend on OBM because we tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Uh, we will go around the league in a short week, which I do think is in our favor. We will get to that as well. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Bo Z in the Hoff with you here. Second hour of the program, Cleveland Browns Daily. Um, I think we probably covered the bad news. <laughs> the good news... Um, yeah, the good news is that because of everything that else that happened in the division, it, it's I still can't even act like that's good news because you should be atop the division, and so that's that's the real. We should be question. controlling our own destiny. Correct. Um, With the chance not, to be two games up on the Steelers and two games up so, on the Bengals. Yeah, and a full game on on Baltimore, who by the way collapsed as well. Yep. Um, I cannot. Think of the last time Baltimore at twenty-eight to seven at half with their typical ability to run it. Uh, would give up what they gave up, and it w- it came in droves. Tua Tagovailoa threw six touchdowns yesterday. Mm. Waddle and um, Tyreek Hill are the first teammates to both have multiple touchdowns, both have ten receptions, and both have 150 plus yards. That happened, mm. um, and I I saw a lot of stuff this morning about this coming out party for Tua. It certainly was that, but it's a lot on Baltimore too. Uh, the way that that happened, staying in the division. The Bengals, um, as I mentioned, lose on the last play for the second consecutive week. No team who played in the Super Bowl in NFL history had ever done that before. Um, but beyond that, Burrow was sacked six times in this game. So he was sacked six times last week. He was sacked six times this week. And they're having a tough time unlocking all of that offensive talent. They were supposed to get that offensive line fixed. They didn't. Pittsburgh can't move it. Can't. They can't throw the ball down the field. They were chanting for Kenny Pickett. Um my hunch is that will happen sooner rather than later, not this week, probably obviously. Coming, but if, if the Browns handle their business, it'll probably come out of this week. Give them, ten, give them an extra the 10 days to get ready. Yeah. You, They're they, dreadful. They are. Yeah, they are. They are. So despite everything, you're still in it. And yep. the thing that you the, – the straightest line to the postseason, Hoff, is to win the division. Win your division. That's it. That's it. 
Three and one is still in play. So for we should be at two and zero, oh, which makes getting to three and one easier for these first four. But it's still in play. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got to take care of business, obviously against the Steelers, which is again, this is one that is going to sting. Hopefully, much like those blown coverages in Carolina, it won't be costly. But right now, it feels large. Friday morning, if we wake up and we've just beaten the Steelers at home, how are you going to feel, Z? Glorious. Pure joy. Are we going to be back to pure joy? Are we going to be thinking about what happened two weeks ago? Probably not at that moment. Certainly later on in the season, you're going to start thinking about it when you're doing the win-loss total and where you're stacking up in the division. But I think it's important for this team to be able to put all of their energy and focus into getting this win and cleaning up the mistakes that are leading you down this path of us going, holy cow, how are we sitting here after losing a game that you clearly outplayed your opponent? Dominated. You hope that this can be a big moment in the season where it's a come-to-Jesus moment. And that you can get to Friday morning at 2-1 and one after just beating the Steelers and start going, all right, we can bury that and we can look forward because we're a much better team than we were two weeks ago. Around the AFC, there's a lot of troubling stuff. In ter- I mean, it, really, the AFC is doing us some favors a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Colts, who we all thought would, would win the AFC South, they are drilled in Jacksonville, 24 to nothing. Mm-hmm. That's right. They have not, they're, they're completely incompetent to start games. It's wildly crazy. so, um, and and they they dropped to o one and one. Oddly, they haven't won in Jacksonville since fourteen. That's what we were saying. Yeah, on Friday, remember? Yeah, no, I know. It's and, we, crazy. and we picked them to win. It's their we house picked Jacksonville to win, but for whatever reason. But um, if you are, it, that is really wild to me that Indy has started the way they've started. Uh, I mentioned this fact that the Ravens gave up twenty eight in the fourth quarter to the Dolphins. That's, That's like what Ohio State does to Toledo. <laughs> that doesn't happen in the NFL. And yeah. they just had bus, same thing, just bus. Big picture wise, like some of this stuff that we're seeing, we're talking about our game with the blown coverages, the Ravens giving up 28. Is there, and I'm just spitballing here, is there anything to a 17 game season and a not knowing really how to handle preseason football in terms of being ready out of the gates? I mean, I think about, we think about our secondary. Our secondary didn't participate a lot in camp. That's just the reality. Newsom didn't. Denzel, Denzel didn't. Denzel didn't. No. Like, is it sometimes just, hey, we haven't played enough football? Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? It, it I don't know. It seems to me that maybe almost two-thirds of the teams in the league are treating the first couple games of the season with a little bit more of a, hey, you know what? We'll take less reps in the preseason, hopefully be able to start the season healthy, and we're okay kind of playing ourselves into midseason form at the beginning of the season rather than when you had those four preseason games. It seemed like when teams were playing players more, because there was only 16 games, they put more emphasis on being ready in week one. And I'm not sure that's necessarily something you're going to hear from any coaches. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to work on uh, some things in week one, and we're okay being a little bit rusty because we don't want to take the risks of playing preseason football. But by the looks of it across the league with what pl- people are doing as far as not playing their starters in the preseason, you have to think that that's been the the trade-off that these teams are making in these first couple weeks of the season now that you are going to a 17-game season. There's just nothing better than getting off to a hot start, though. I mean, it just kind of sets the tone for the whole season, I feel like. You just are not seeing it, though, around the league. I, I agree. Mean, you go to the AFC West, even. Uh, the Raiders are 0-2. They're that's brutal. That is a brutal loss at home. Oh my god! To that Cardinals team, which is a mess. Yeah. Um, the Broncos, 
are lost. They look terrible. Completely lost. I think their coaches. He, Russell it's... Wilson yesterday. I'm, I know you guys were. You got a lot going on. You're coming in from the stadium. All that. Russell Wilson was 14 of 31. Mm. 14 of 31, 219 in that game. Javante Williams averages like eight yards a carry. They won't give him the ball. Won't give him the ball. Won't let him be a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, as, as we kind of have this talk a little bit about where the AFC is, where the AFC North is, um, there are clearly three locks. Well, we'll see what Buffalo does tonight. My hunch is they'll be good to go. Buffalo, Kansas City, and the Chargers are the cream. And yep. and then we'll find out this week if Miami is, because I think they get Buffalo this week if memory serves. I'm pretty sure Miami and Buffalo play this week, but Miami is off to a nice start. They humiliate the Patriots in Week One. They come from 21 down to beat mm. Baltimore on the road in Week Two. So you have to start paying a little bit of attention to them. Um, but in terms of this big picture AFC, really uneven across the the entire conference which only exacerbates the point of a 2 out of 2 and 0 start would have done for us. Yeah, and that's ah, that's what hurts so much about it. Collins comes back. But that's what hurts so much about it because yeah. you had a chance to really put yourself in a good position right now. You're going to have I'm guessing that after tonight, to your point, Miami's going to be 2 and 0, the Bills will be 2 and 0. The Chiefs and will Kansas be 2 and 0. That's it. There was so we would have been one of four teams yeah. in the conference. Right. That we think is going to be a a dogfight of a conference, we had a chance to really distance ourselves, and that's the hard part is that we had a chance to be two up on the Bengals, and we got over this, one up on the Ravens, and then if you beat the Steelers, you'd have been two up on two teams in your division coming out of that game at worst. And at best, if the Ravens you know, would lose in week three, you would have, and I don't even know, let me see who they play in week three. They play the Patriots, who are in New England, anything can happen, I suppose. But it's just a, it's a, significantly blown opportunity. Plus, it was the home opener. Plus, he had all the feel-good, the Hoffs going in. That crowd was electric. I mean, it was electric. There were so many times where I couldn't hear Jim even in my – and I'm wearing headphones Mm. because the crowd noise coming through our mics was so loud. And it was such a – it was a festival. It was a joyous celebration when Nick Chubb scored. Mm. People are high five and people oh, yeah. are leaving. Oh yeah, the to stadium beat the was about it's over. half empty when that last two minute cataclysm happened. There were a lot of people that didn't even see it. They probably got home and turned their TV on and maybe were watching some uh, replays from the NFL and go, "What? The Browns lost? <laughs> what do you like, mean? What do you mean the Browns lost? Inconceivable! It's inconceivable!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, from a uh, – you, you were t- talking about – we have dogs now? We do. That we're running out of? The boys are big fans of those. Those guys look good. The, the swagger stages. Yeah, those things are cool with the red eyes and the yeah. smoke coming out. Yeah, it was, listen, everything it was about atmosphere. it was awesome. It was a great atmosphere. Oh. The presentation You're breaking was awesome. guitars? That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was Smashed cool. Smashed a guitar? That was pretty sweet. Yeah, we saw he's got just the, like, smash the, guy. the neck of the guitar coming was, out of his backpack. I'm like, what's going on? Kind of like on? the Ninja Turtles, you <laughs> yeah. know, with like Donatello yeah, or Leonardo. Out, yeah. where he's got like his, his uh, big size or uh, the, the staff. That's what Donatello had. Hoff, were you concerned at all about shrapnel? I wasn't, safety goggles. I wasn't until we did the practice run a week ago, okay. and they had gloves for me and these goggles, and I'm like, my hands are made of leather. Like, yeah. let's be honest. They're just a pure callus, so I don't need gloves. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. They were like, we had J.W. Johnson do this, and, like, one of the splinters came – it came from like the string and it like whipped back and hit him in the hand to the point where like he almost needed stitches in his hand. And so Close. they were like, 
you should probably just wear gloves. I'm like, all right, I'll make an exception this time and wear some gloves and wear the goggles just in case this thing explodes and there's shrapnel going everywhere. Did you, at the last second, it looked like goggles were off, and then did you remember yes. at the last second? Exactly. So yeah. that was one of the things they were like, all right, remember you want to count three, two, one of the, the crowd, and we're going to try to put it up on the video board, get them counting down for you before you smash. And then they're like, make sure you put the goggles on. But when you go out there and you're firing up the crowd, you kind of black out a little bit. I yeah. told Z this. I'm like, I want to watch the replay because I don't really remember exactly what happened because <laughs> it was so emotional. You're like, you're so fired up. And all of a sudden, I almost smashed the guitar without pulling those goggles down. And right at the last second, I remembered. <laughs> but I kind of played it off like it was part of yeah. building like, the now it's in business. The yeah. Now it's business, like throwing the goggles yeah. on. Uh, so we were able to execute without any major injuries, which I think was the thing that made my wife the most pleased. <laughs> <laughs> and she, by the way, wore the sneaks. She wore yeah. the sneaks. Oh, I, I wish I had the courage to wear uh, sneaks with my own numbers on, number on it. Humble to the numbers, end. I should say, because the sneaks the had the seventy three. I know. And Right, of course, that was they're sweet. glorious. We're, yeah, listen, she looked great. We're ready to order our pair as soon as they become available. <laughs> To the masses, yeah, or just um, us, or just, just us, for us. yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so that's that's where you are in the AFC North. Out of all of this, you have three one and one football teams, and the Cincinnati Bengals, who played in the Super Bowl, uh, are zero and two. By the way, if there's no, nobody would have had this two games into the season, who's given up the most points in the AFC? Mister Zagura, the Browns. It's in fifty-five. Makes no sense. Mm. Makes no 55. Sense. Yeah. Next closest, Jets, 54. Yeah. Can't happen. Can't happen. Now, the Lions have given up like 90. So We've also, by the way, the <laughs> NFC, if, if you would have told me that we would have scored, and the Bills probably will eclipse us. So let's we'll give the Bills. So the Dolphins have 62. The Bills will say that they get over. Uh, if they score 25 this week, they tie us. The Ravens are at 62. The Chiefs are at 71. If you would have said that after two games, we'd have the fourth most points in the AFC. Again, 2-0. Like, not even a question. We're outscoring Joe Burrow by 19. But then there's the Steelers. They have 37 points. Well, that's the Bengals, Bengals. too. Both of them. Unreal. Mm -hmm. Just wild what has happened. All right. Patriots have 24 in two games. That's what it looks like, too. Explosive. (laughs) On a short week, is it helpful? We will get into that. Take a look ahead to Pittsburgh coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo here for my friends at Renew Home Exteriors, offering high-performance products that are durable, long-lasting, cost, and energy-saving to transform the look and efficiency of your home. Don't go in the winter with concerns about your roof with Renew Home Exteriors. Get a new roof installed in 7 to 10 days. They can do it for you guys. No money down. Payments as low as 96 bucks a month. Plus, receive free gutter guards with your roof purchase. Beautify your home with premium siding and roofing products at lower prices with Renew Home Exteriors. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more. So you got four days, and I don't know, Hoff, you've, you've actually done this. I would think this would help flush it, and away you go. Yeah, the short turnarounds are always really nice because you do have that ability to focus on something besides the mistakes that you made yesterday. Of course, you're going to come in today. You want to clean that up. You have to clean that up and to make sure that those things don't happen anymore. Like, that is it. We never are going to see a busted coverage, and this is how we're going to fix it. And then once you're able to – 
go beyond that and hopefully put that to bed. You're focusing because right now is like a Wednesday in the week. You're yep. already thinking about focusing and installing and going out and doing a walkthrough practice for the Steelers on Thursday because it is such a short turnaround. Can I just go back to something that you said right there? Is we're gonna go in, we're gonna we're not gonna have these anymore. Like we had them in week one. Yeah. And we I'm sure we said that. We're not gonna do this yes, again. I'm sure we did. We and then in we the post game, we said it in the availability. Of course. Is that gonna happen again? Well, did. It did. Yeah. I just don't know. Look. At some point, do you have to start even if people are quote-unquote stars? Does there have to be playing time penalties? Like, do you have to I – mean, what do you do? Like, how do you actually well, it's not like college. You don't it. have an 85-person roster. I know this, but I'm just saying, like, pull. how do you actually fix it? I mean, you can say it, but if, if you are pouring milk in your lap <laughs> right. on the reg, yeah. like, I'm never going to do it again, but yeah. here, sure enough, right. look, oh, man, milk on my shorts. That's right. Again. How, how many shame on yous before it's a shame on me for putting you out there again? Well, right. And that's the thing. And, and it's not always the same dude in this, no, in this instance. No, no, yeah. no. It's unfortunately it's spread across, it's spread across, it's spread across a, a great, a great many dudes, but that's, it's gotta be so hard because you know, when you were a player and we went through and the, all the things that he did to prepare for each play and to prepare for each game, I, I don't just knowing you the way that, that I do and that the way that we do. I don't think you would ever have done something like this multiple times, or you wouldn't have allowed it. It just it well, wouldn't have why happened. That's he's getting a gold jacket next I summer. know. That's the difference, though. The margin is this thin in mm -hmm. this league. Right. You're and not allowed a milk spill. What, yeah, that's right. Yeah. When the margin is that thin, and the margin is the difference in the game, because you can't allow those type of busts to happen, you have to build in fail-safes that are just as serious as what happens if you don't have those and those bad things happen to you, right? So I think of it like an airline pilot or maybe like a, a trauma surgeon. They have all these pro these steps that go together in a process to make sure that it can't happen, right? Because we're, we're parlaying all these things to yeah. make sure that that very, very rare thing doesn't happen because it's easily fixable. If you have a checklist every time you get to the line of scrimmage, and that's what I built for myself was in these situations, how do I make sure that there's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven step process that I'm always going through that makes sure that even if steps one and two fail, I have step three, four, five, six that are backing it up to make yeah. sure that, hey, maybe there was a miscommunication, but I saw the hand signal. They gave me the hand signal back. So now it's indisputable what we need to do in this situation. There's no way you can allow it to happen because one screw up in this situation is like crashing the airplane mm -hmm. and you can't allow the airplane to crash. So there's always multiple steps and layers of communication that happen. So it doesn't happen. Is that something that is player driven? Is that individual driven? Or is that something like coaches put processes in place? Well, I think for the people? coaches are going to put process or I have, they have processes yes. in place. Like we saw it, we heard the communication is verbal and it's a hand signal, and it's a two-way street, and maybe it needs to go beyond that, but I'm sure they already have those built in place. And hopefully in the position groups, to your point about my own personal process, they're helping them build the personal process that goes through the mind of every player when they're lining up in those situations. As an offensive lineman, I would imagine this did not occur as much as what has happened kind of in the aftermath of this game. And, and what I mean by that is, if an offensive line misses a block, I, I don't I don't know that people are ever like, you know, if the lineman guy's supposed to go right and he goes left and you get a free runner and hit the quarterback sack, nobody's saying, like, fire Bill Callahan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it feels to me like everybody's immediately 
on Joe Woods. And I understand they want to blame somebody, but That's sometimes it. it could be just as simple as somebody. Because you can't fire a player. Well, you can't fire them, and you don't necessarily you know I mean? need to fire anybody. No, but, but it's, you, you, you have to you point the anger at somebody, anybody. For sure, but the so like, that's why it's happening. Yeah. It's, not, it's not right, but that's how it happens. I agree. It's not right, and and I don't think that Joe Woods is responsible for busted coverages. Like that's on the guys. But it's not. You know, we've spent a lot of time. It's it's six other things too. Uh, no doubt. You know what I mean? Like yes. the coverages have happened in back to back games, but it's a lot that had to happen. Um, yes, and the special team stuff. Go back to the the very first segment of the show, and we were talking about at the start of this season. If you're going to get to to five and six, six and five, whatever the time Deshaun Watson comes back the defense had to be extraordinary mm -hmm. we thought that it would be the special teams had to be extraordinary we believe that they would be I mean heck at the start of camp we had Jakeem Grant that's so, a huge loss by the way yeah it's felt Ford's been it's great felt. felt in put the ball on the ground again, again and I think we need a new punt returner I mean I think we're at the point where we need well and we also were kicking to Barrios and he was getting return yeah. like it, I was stunned that those weren't going out I said that. I said that on the broadcast. Good for you. I'm like, After, are, what are we doing? Like, was it? We had a sample of like three of them, and yeah. the one that we didn't kick to him, they started at 25. The two that we did kick to him at that point, they were starting in the 30s. And I said, I thought, okay, I've seen enough. Guy That's was enough. First team All Pro, mm -hmm. led the league 30.4 yards return. Don't need to see it anymore. Kick to the bums. Yeah. yeah. Don't kick to the good guys. Yep. So done. Done. Easy. So those two things had to be checked off for us to get to the point in Week 12 that you want to be. And so far, they haven't been. To the yeah. level that we expected. And so when you have Pittsburgh coming in here and you say, well, boy, this looks like the antidote for all that ails us. Yep. They really struggle to push the ball down the field. They really struggle offensively. Now, no Jadavian Clown. He's a big, big deal. Same thing that we would have said about the Jets. But the Jets, yeah. even, the Jets are even – Flacco is even more impressive down the field. But sure. If you let but he was anybody even trying done against, against the Ravens. Yeah. Anybody could have done it against Air. Uh, the That's way that the problem. In the, yes. in the last two drives. Exactly. So. Um, the short week's got to help, though, I would think. And the Steelers yeah, has to help. There's no doubt because you don't have any options but to f start focusing on the Steelers because you're getting the install today. Like, you're yeah. getting the game plan, and you're going to walk through right now against the Pittsburgh Steelers this afternoon. I'll tell you what. If this doesn't go well Thursday, I'll see you boys next week. You're not going to be here Friday? Nope. Little got vacation. Got to, got, to, got to work in some vacation time. You should be golfing in this hoodie. I mean, this thing's spectacular. Yeah, it's very comfortable. Breeze, soft. It's a nice fabric. It does look nice. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and stretchy. Oh, look at that. Look at that. that nice? I love doing that with fabric. Oh, if it does that, it. I'm, I'm in. If it doesn't do yeah. that, no chance. Out. That's, That's not good. getting on this body. That's <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very, very short week here with Pittsburgh in here on Thursday, and hopefully it will be beneficial because there is a lot that ails. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. A lot of stuff happened in the league yesterday as well. Uh, we will get to that coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Uh, around the league yesterday, 
Um, boy, so this is the fourth time in six years in San Francisco where they have lost their quarterback with Kyle and uh, and that operation. Trey Lance Unreal. with a broken ankle. Um, and so they kept Garoppolo, and away we go. Mm. It's odd because when it when it happened, there's so many layers to this. So initially what you say is, what, what ran into my head is, well, thank goodness they have Garoppolo from their perspective. But also, I think they might be better immediately with Garoppolo than they were <laughs> There's with no Lance. doubt. Because he was really good. Um, the other thing about it, guys, is like, does it now put like Lance's future in question a little bit? He's played one season of college football. Yep. And then one game. And yep. then sat all of last year and then played this. There's a lot of layers on that one. It'll be interesting to see what happens if Garoppolo comes in and plays pretty well like he had been playing and he stays healthy. He did. I think the biggest issue with Garoppolo in that organization is he's just had a hard time being consistently healthy. Yeah. And so he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not saying he's a top, top, top 10 tier one guy, but he's clearly good enough that he can take him to the Super Bowl. And outside of a ridiculous mistake in the Super Bowl, he's a Super Bowl champion. And so I think if he goes out there and stays healthy and plays pretty well, there's going to be some serious conversations in the offseason about, hey, what can we do with Trey Lance? Or do we go back to him and try to give him another season as the starter and see how much he develops? It's wild. And by the way, for them, the best thing that could have ever happened was that they did nothing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. I mean, how fortunate are they? Season's lost. If, if it's not, over. Right? It's, it's done. over. Over. Um, and now – I think there's a lot of guys under true serve in that locker room that feel better about their season today oh, yeah. than they did two days ago. Based on what I've seen in the AFC West through two weeks, I put them at the top. They're right there with the Rams. They're the better. Rams than have them. a lot of flaws, and they have they're big time flaws. Um, the how did the, they, the Cardinals are no good? How did the that, how did the Rams allow the Falcons to come back? Because they were not, smoking. I didn't see them. any of that game, so I don't know. Okay. I don't know what happened. We had the we had the dinner thing that was an afternoon game, so I didn't see. Um, what happened on the close of that game? So, I don't know. But here's here's the thing about this you know this this injury here. Uh, you talk about the improbability of Kyler and how bad how much they were down to the Raiders and the Raiders gave it all back at home, and and they win. Kyler had a two point conversion scramble. Did you guys see this? Twenty one seconds. I watched it. They said it was the longest two point conversion play in seconds. NFL history. I didn't see that. It was like backyard. He goes around and around and around and around and around and around and around. Then he finally gets it. Yeah, needs some Benny Hill music. Absolutely. Yeah. So that happened yesterday as well. Rodgers did what Rodgers was going to do, which you knew he would do, which was hammer the Bears. They did. And then you've got two good ones tonight. I do think when you think about the great teams right now in this league, it's a pretty short list. Um, it was vitriol with Saints and Bucks. That was that was like, wasn't it? Was it the Steelers and the Ravens? It felt like they, for a while they used to fight like every time they played. Yeah, and every game was a three point game. For like that's six that's years. what Bucks and Saints. Okay, so walk me through what happened because I right. haven't seen it either. But I'm Mike Evans, so, Sean Lattimore. Yeah. So Brady, they throw a ball down the sideline. Okay, uh, he wants a holding on it. Okay, he wants a holding call on. It. He's going to yell. Brady does. Brady does. Okay. He wants. He's going to yell at the official. Okay. Okay. So as he's going to yell, Marshawn Lattimore walks by, and goes like this, like get out of here. Okay. Mike Evans, like a bullet, takes out Lattimore from the sideline. <laughs> like tackles him. Like smokes him. Like Roy they, Williams they on been To fighting. at the fifty. They had been going at each on other the, star. the whole game. This is all on the sidelines. He gets him. 
then they all then it's a melee at that point. And they'd been going at each other the whole game, like back and forth, physically okay. pushing everything. Smokes him, and then it's a melee. They throw Evans out. I'm not sure why they threw Lattimore out. Okay. Based on what he did to Brady. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying, oh, that's instigator. I mean, they were on the edge the whole game. Yeah. But that's that's the way that it went down. And I think Evans will probably be suspended, I would think. I would They're think. saying that he when you're doing something like that that's so far outside of what's Did he get a game already, Gibby? Okay, he's yeah. already been suspended again. I think yeah. you got a So of I hadn't seen that, but he had come down a little bit harder on those guys when it's happening way after the play's over and it's just a malicious trying to take him out type thing. Yeah. So he's already been he had to be. That that had to be it. You know, it's interesting when I hear you describe it cuz I didn't see it cuz it was a busy day yesterday, but sure. um Oh, so when first you, it's Fournette and then Evans comes in. So first like, Fournette, Fournette gives the first four. That's right. And then Evans, Evans comes, comes from the back. Comes he off comes the off the sideline. Side oh, my God. Yeah. That was great. The, the outcome is probably the worst possible outcome for you as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer if you're trying to protect Brady. Because the last thing you want is a 44-year-old skinny now, he's like 20 pounds less than he was, it seems like, last year. Skinny quarterback at the bottom of a pile in a melee when guys sure. are throwing fisticuffs and choking each other yeah. out. So in that case, maybe you should have just let it go and try to get after him on the next play because in the end, you probably did more harm for your team, no doubt, than if you would have just tried to take it on in the next opportunity you get between the whistles. They play the Packers this week. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay does. Without yeah. Evans. Without Evans, yeah. yeah. And Green Bay can run it. Now, the Bears were a little frisky, but with those two backs, they could run it a little bit. I got to tell you, so I was able – I did see some highlights of this game. Um, Just help me understand how you can throw 11 passes in an NFL game. This is uh, Fields? Yeah. He was 7 of 11 for 70 yards and an interception. They were down 24-7 to 7 at the half. So how do you throw 11 passes? Well, they only had 38 game. plays. So cool. if, you, if you think about the Green Bay Packers ran it 38 times. They really didn't have the ball. No. I mean, they. I don't know what the time of possession is. I bailed on this game to watch House of Dragon, so I, I'll be honest with you. Ooh, how I was wasn't, that last I night? I wasn't waiting all, more, all, all day for Sunday we, night. We didn't was see good. it. How was it last night? I mean, it was – I just feel like they have a whole series that – the, a whole first season could have been done in these first five episodes because we're we're now aging people, so oh, those characters are going to be it gone. Just happened? No, it'll happen next week. Okay, but I mean that could have been the whole season. Time possession 30, 37, 15 to twenty two forty five so, in that game. <clears throat> oh my god! Yeah, I mean they were one of seven on third down. The Bears were. The Packers just ran it at will. Yeah, you know if they're going to run it that way, if they can run it, and those young. Those young receivers come along with Jones and Dylan running it. That's that's gonna. I mean, I feel good about them coming out of the NFC. They look. I know they lost, they got drilled week one, but they got drilled one last week. Do yeah, people in people in Wisconsin are they like understanding that this is what happens? With yeah, them? they're they're cool with the rhythm right now. They understand <laughs> that you know, the Packers are gonna get smoked week one. Everyone's gonna panic. Rodgers is gonna say, "Relax, patience, whatever." Yeah, and everyone's gonna go, "Okay, he got it," and then they're gonna come back and go on a roll. You see the Bears are just salivating in Wisconsin. The Bears come to town. Like, that's oh, a gimme. A gimme. Yeah. They've owned them, just like they have. Rodgers told them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's – so there There was some wild stuff that, that happened uh, yesterday in the league. Um, the, the touchdown – the first touchdown reception in the Cowboys-Bengals game was from Noah Brown. Yeah. Who was a former player Buck at Ohio guy. State. Yeah. 
hmm. um, who came out early and nobody wanted him to. He caught the first touchdown. Jamar Chase, not Higgins, got one late. The crazy thing there was it was much for the Bengals. It was the same script as they did last week where they got down big early, couldn't get going in the first half to save their lives, and then when they needed a score, Burrow went and got him a score. And they went down the field. They had a, a big, long drive. Um, and they went down the field and scored. He hit T. Higgins for the touchdown, and you felt like, well, okay, we'll we'll see overtime and away that we go. And then they can they couldn't stop uh, Cooper Rush and the and the Cowboys' offense from scoring. The most ridiculous stat line of yesterday, by far, though it, it's not close, is Miami. That's Man. the one. So Wild. <clears throat> if you missed that game, and likely you did because it was on when ours was going on, and the collapse was, while it was a longer collapse, it was equally stunning that Baltimore lost this way because Baltimore was pretty dang efficient in this game. Lamar I mean, Jackson was unbelievable in this game. Yeah, 318 and 3 passing, How many 21 of 29, 9 runs for 119 yards including a 79-yard touchdown and they lost. They lost. And in this game Tua looked like he was playing like Louisiana Monroe at uh at Alabama. He has six touchdowns what 459, 469 and he threw two picks as well. Early. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, they had two receivers with over 10 catches each, over 150 yards each, and yep. over two touchdowns each with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And, and they play each other this week. Waddle got 19 targets. Waddle and Tyreek Hill both had more targets in this game than the Bears threw passes. Yeah. <laughs> True. It's insane. Mm. Yeah. They had as many catches as the Bears threw passes. Both of them. Both In of the them. same game on the same team. Yep. Right. Mike Gusecki also hit probably the worst gritty we've ever seen. Oh, uh, Gusecki. Love it, was, it. God bless him, but it was it was not a good one. Um, Baltimore was really good offensively, though. They, yeah, but how are they so really bad dynamic. defensive? They were good against the Jets. I don't know. It was crazy. So as this was happening, this was in the corner of my eye as I was watching us. I mean, our game had a lot of t tension to it until the Nick Chubb touchdown. Then mm -hmm. you're like, okay, we can relax. Yeah. You're safe. Not. Not, not. at all. You mentioned uh, earlier, Hoff, about this the way that NFL teams are handling a 17-game schedule and the way they handle the preseason. If you were running an operation, how would you handle it? So I was from the era that you played in the preseason and that you used those reps and they were valuable to be able to get on the same page, to get reps under your belt, to get in shape. Um, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but if it was my team, that's probably how I would do it. Um, splitting up the reps a little bit in the preseason, but put the guys out there. Like, I'm not sure, and maybe the statistical analysis would bear a different answer, but I don't really know if practicing over playing a game exposes you to any less amount of risk. So, like, if you're doing yeah. the joint practices, like the Browns did versus the Eagles, does going out there for a day mean less risk chance than going out and playing him in the preseason game and playing a couple quarters? I don't know. That's interesting. Why do we – I wonder why we did – why did we I mean, take, a lot of teams clearly have do. looked at the analysis and it. said that they would rather play in the joint practices than put them no out there. Because there's to the ground. There's no people on the ground rolling into legs. And I understand that you, you can know. set up your situation so they're a little bit more controlled, and you probably get a lot better work because you can decide, like, hey, if, if we're playing – 35 plays in practice against the Eagles, I know I'm going to get 35 situations Reps. that are going to make yep. us better. Whereas yep. if you play a half in a game, you might only get five or six plays that yeah. actually you felt like were productive and you put your team at a significant risk of going out there and, and getting injured in a preseason game. But I don't know. I, I'm not sure that there's any one right answer. 
And the great thing about being in media is whatever they do, if it doesn't work, you can say they should have done the opposite. <laughs> of course. Because I, I don't know how John Harbaugh does it, but I'm pretty sure he plays his guys a bunch in the preseason, doesn't he? I don't think. I not a bunch. Guess. I don't think well, Lamar. Well, at least more than yeah, other teams. But more, Obviously, Lamar is not going to do it. But he's not doing the Rams guys. thing where you yeah, play right. none. No. Nobody. Right. You know, but, so I mean, I think you're seeing teams on both sides of the spectrum, guys that play some players mm -hmm. in the preseason, guys that teams that don't play some guys in the preseason. And you run into some of the same problems, I think. So it's not like it's clear what way is the right way to do it. All right. Well, we, I, I can tell you this. Mike Tomlin said it after the last preseason game for the Steelers when Watt got dinged up and a couple guys and the Pittsburgh media was all up in his grill in, in the post-game presser. And he said, to box, you have to spar. Mm -hmm. you, well, you've, got, you've got to go out and do something. Yeah. And Dan Campbell has that philosophy, obviously, in Detroit where, you know. <laughs> Maybe a little extreme. <laughs> They're one and one. One and one. Yeah. They put up 30 points back They scored a lot of points. For the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah. they are. Uh, we actually have a lot. Still to get to. There is so much more to come, including two games tonight. Oh, baby. Uh, as the NFL trots this out for the first time, the staggered start on Monday Night Football. So uh, we will get to that. Plus the most stupefying thing that I've ever seen in a, a home team do to an opposing team before a game. Truly. We'll get to that coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily 850. Yes, what, a what a tease. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And catch the Browns preview show tonight at 7 on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Uh, James Hudson of the voice of the Browns. Jim Donovan joined Ken and Gerard on the show tonight. Before we get to the scores, uh, this was Saturday night. Uh, let's see. This is Saturday night in College Station, Texas. So Texas A&M is playing Miami. This is the visiting team sidelines yeah the horses are like crapping everywhere i don't know if the hoff had seen this that's the miami sideline <laughs> so like is that on purpose uh, they right. gave them a bunch of x-lax before they walked out there it's insane so it's 50 horses okay mounted yep right these guys they're they're i don't know what texas a&m has they must have, they have some sort of I think they have a lot of ROTC stuff, so they have a core yes. there. Yep. And so they're all on horseback. They line up on the Miami sidelines, 50 horses who all defecate <laughs> all over the sideline. Yeah. Now, they they do shovel it out, but yeah. as someone who has shoveled a lot of that in his life, yeah. you can shovel it, but the smell stays. Oh, sure. And there's still residue. For sure there's residue. residue. Yeah. They're not power washing. Residue. They get a lot of residue in the bottom of their cleats. Yeah. And their, uh, gloves. You can clean all the Ooh. stalls you want. That stays. Shouldn't it there be feel like, sanitary? Yeah, some type of required bag. Like, you know, you go to the circus and there's like a bag back there. I'm not a horse guy, but uh, maybe, Bo, you can explain. Can you imagine like, like a, like a <laughs> yes, puppy bag? Yeah, like a little puppy, puppy bag, like diapers. Shouldn't the horses be wearing diapers? Is about the best you're you can do. You can't allow your horses to poop on your opponent's So disrespectful. In that much volume, too. So wow. disrespectful. Was that like outrageous. Two? To just parade them out there. Them. There was 50 of them. It's crazy. All right. Uh, we've so this is new. We're first time that anyone's done this. We have two Monday night football games staggered. So typically it. in the old days, one would go at six, one would go at nine thirty. Yeah. Two games in their completion. Instead, what ESPN is doing is they're going to do two games. So they're going to have a game start at seven. Love it. And then one at eight thirty ish, something yep. like that. No, you have it the exactly stagger. Right. And what they're going to do is they're saying one of these is on ESPN, one's on ABC. We're actually going to show both games at once on. 
couple of the of the channels on ABC or ESPN, and we're saying it doesn't really matter which one you watch because we have all of it. And so what they're going to do is they're going to count all of it mm. from a viewer standpoint. And there's no Manning cast. No, no Manning. No, I think off. too complicated with the split. Yeah. Um, it's a heck of an idea. Where we I used like to it. just be worried about it's going to be great for consumer. We used to be just worried about one game getting all the ratings. They're saying we'll take all the ratings, and it doesn't matter all where they are. Seven fifteen and eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Who, Two who's good doing games the call there. I would. My guess is Aikman and Buck do the the Philly game. Yeah, they're gonna be on ABC. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. And then the is that the one gonna be like who's, who's Levy or Lobsky? Levy or not a Corso? Is I would think it's Levy or Lobsky and Riddick, Riddick yeah. on the oh, a, yeah. ESPN game, yeah. and then they will put. The Aikman and Buck on the late game. That's mm-hmm. my guess is what they would do. Um, but they're two good games. I think one of them will be a good game. So, we want to do the scores, Gibby? Yeah, let's get around to it. Uh, first and foremost, Buffalo. Bill's Mafia, they were doing table slams on Saturday Jeez. in preparation for Jeez. Monday night. Well, it's like I, us, I'm lined up to the Muni lot. Yeah, we're, we're still two days away, kids. Like, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Buffalo. Uh, maybe those people will be in the stands by kickoff. I'm not sure. They host Tennessee. Bills by a billion. Mm. I think Tennessee's no good. I don't think they're good either, but the Bills only play nickel, which is interesting in a matchup with Derrick Henry, but still Bills ran it. I like Titans. Ooh, uh, uh, I just right. feel like it's going to be a bounce-back game for because these two teams were just so far in opposite directions in mm-hmm. week one, and a lot of times there's a reversion in the you mean. Pull it back two. together. Yeah. yeah. Late game, Minnesota, Philly. I love the Vikings, but I don't like them as much outdoors at night in Philly. Eagles, Tough environment. 31-28. Same. Same. It's tricky. Just, 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 by a, yeah. just by a beak. Yeah. Wet the beak. Wet your, wet beak. your beak on that uh, one Rice, a little bit. Rice goes, why do you always say that? Because like it's, it's a great it's phrase. Perfect. Yeah, you want to wait your beak on something? One, one, one day you'll understand. One day you'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we live to see another day. The next level will continue coming up next. Great to see the Hoff, as always, especially on his weekend. Mm, uh, you're, we appreciate you listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.